You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, Joe. Hello, Matt. What's up, stranger? It's been Not a- much. How about yourself, man? How you been doing? It's been a bit since you've been on the show. Um, good. Pretty good, man. No complaints. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the theme because I've been watching so many movies in this like genre this summer. I've been digging that. Do you find yourself looking up when you're walking around now, like you know, <laughs> into the skies? No more than usual. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck's in the sea. You know that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about the movie Cloverfield. Uh, big deal of a movie, I think. And... Uh, this movie came out in 2008. It's directed by Matt Reeves, who we've talked about before. Uh, you and I, we talked about uh, Let the Right One In. He directed mm-hmm. the um, the remake. And uh, it stars a lot of uh, nobodies, because that was the point of this found footage movie. However, now, uh, one of our leads is kind of popular, so it does... Watching it now, it does, it does sort of... It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. I, I do think that this, this is P.J. Miller's best role. And which is to say his, his only good role ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm not a big T.J. Miller fan, but uh, yeah, he is one of the, the main characters in here. Uh, you got you got uh, Michael Stahl-David, Michael Vogel, uh, Odette Eusman, and Lizzie uh, Chaplin, who's in quite a bit of stuff. Um, yeah. So so these are kind of like your fresh-faced, uh, really, really nobody's at the time, because they weren't in a lot of stuff at that, that moment, and including T.J. Miller. Actually, this was his first movie, period. Yep. And the other uh, actors, they were in a couple things, like they played Girl on Train in this movie, you know, like so things that you wouldn't really mm-hmm. recognize them from as much. Uh, but then they were in a couple things subsequently, especially the girls, the guys I don't remember seeing as much of. And that was the point, right, to show people that you didn't really know. As a matter of fact, um, when the movie, uh, we'll, we'll get into like the marketing of this movie. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about with that. But there was um, <laughs> this really dates the movie, but a MySpace page for each of the characters. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and people were able to kind of uh, follow them or whatever. Uh, so it just goes to show, like how you know how brand new like these guys were, uh, rightfully so. That that's sort of what they were looking for for the movie, and it worked. I think J.J. Abrams gets credit for making this movie, like as far as like being the director, but he's not. I think people do confuse him as the director. It is his production and his production company, but it was Matt Reeves. The movie, uh, for those of you that have never seen Cloverfield, which would be sort of strange to me if you haven't. It was a huge movie when it came out. Um, but the movie is essentially a found footage movie about a monster destroying New York City. And a group of kids that are having a going away party the same night this happens. They're recording their party. This happens. And they're trying to escape the city. And they capture quite a bit of what's going on. You know, en- enough of what's going on to, you know, sort of keep your attention and let you know what's happening. And that's pretty much it. You know, uh, we'll talk about some some details about the movie as we go along, some specific parts. It's a pretty simple concept. It's done really, really well. And I know both of us are big fans of this because we've talked about this movie several, several times over like the last like two, almost two decades. Let's jump into Cloverfield. Yeah. So the like the found footage genre had already been mainstream from something like uh, Blair Witch Project, you know, but this is really the, the first found footage monster movie. Um, so it was a big deal in that aspect. And I feel like also, if I'm not mistaken, it was JJ Abrams that came up with the idea. He was like, you know, we need, America needs a monster. 
Yeah. And that's all this was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be some Cloverfield universe, which it has eventually turned into. It did, yeah, yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But really, it was just, it's just supposed to be a combination of, like, a monster movie and a found footage movie. And, uh, you know, with an interesting mechanic of storytelling where it's, like, as opposed to something like Chronicle, where it's, like, all the different cameras combining this story of events... It's literally like, you know, you see at the start of the movie that it's pieced together from the Department of Defense from this this tape that they found, which has been recorded onto a SD card, and they do their best to, like, recreate the events. I thought it was pretty cool how it's, like, found an area formerly known as Central Park. Yeah, it's, like, a little haunting uh, when, when, yeah, they, yeah. when that comes up on the screen. Like, what the hell happened there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the movie starts off with a party. And it goes on for, you know, a little bit of time. Not too much. I don't think they overdo it. But they do, like, you know, use this party to establish characters, to establish um, that they're setting. Like, who is, you know, having feelings for who. That's going to be important, obviously, when when shit hits the fan. You know, like, who's going to be looking for so-and-so? Who's going to be upset if so-and-so dies? Like, whatever winds up happening right we know it's going to be something tragic and there's a lot of people there you know so you have this like very like packed environment so it's you're going to get a crowd to react to this not just like two people like holy shit because that 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 makes more of an impact i think you know when there's like several people screaming and yelling especially in these kinds of movies so um and i think they're all likable to be honest with you i i I found myself like relating to these characters a lot there wasn't anything about them that was like so far-fetched you know, with their lifestyles or the way they were like, you know, talking about certain things or what in the in our brief, you know, 15, 20 minute opening where it's just the characters bullshitting. Yeah, um, they all just seem like gen- genuine, real people, very natural, very like, yeah, these are people you could actually bump into and, you know, have a conversation with at the bar, you know, very down to earth, uh, relatable characters. And I think they didn't have extreme opinions. They didn't have anything that was like, out of the ordinary, it more just establishes, you know, some brief personalities and the, dy- the dynamics of the group and how they relate. Agreed. You know, uh, I think an important kind of point to make is like the first thing we see in the movie is going back to um, filming in at Beth's dad's place, where it's like this initial uh, camera that he's recording. Um, you know, he bought this video camera and this tape has, is recorded this day that they had together back in April, and then. They use the party to set up the dynamic that they're recording his going away party on this tape, which is why they're recording it. But they're incidentally recording over that original tape. So we get like jumps back to that day throughout throughout the movie. Yeah, and it's touching. Honestly, it is. I feel like that stuff's really relatable, too, because it's just two people hanging out. I feel like I feel like I could put myself in that day. You know, with a girl, yeah. you know, like someone that, you know, with now, you know, waking up the same way. Right. And sort of walking around the city, like, you know, bullshitting each other. We, we could do that stuff now with our phones, you know, like record each other. Yeah. Um, the technology obviously dates the movie quite a bit, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt it um, at all. It's not that old, but, you know, it's it's filmed on like a, a camera. People are using digital cameras to take photos more than their phones. I think the, 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 the highest tech in phone at that point was like Nokia. And, you know, what those pictures look like. There's, like, pixelated bullshit, you know? So, um... Well, there are people taking video on their phones throughout the movie. Like, you do see, like, that technology existed. Because this is, like, 2008. I assume, like, 
the disaster happened like a, a year or two before that. Cause I don't yeah. think they ever say the year. So there is that technology out there, but you know, it's, it's, it was in that weird middle area where people were still, you know, had tapes. It, you're right. It, it was the middle ground. It's, it's like the bridge between like analog and digital, you know, where you kind of have yeah. both, um, which is like a really great period of time. Honestly, I, it, it really works for this movie because when you have a tape, you know, where like the quality isn't like 4K, you know, it's not even close to that. Your special effects look a lot better. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of the like what they did was would be the auto focusing being left on and stuff like that. It, it really felt real, you know, um, yeah. it you yeah. obviously know, like Blair Witch, I saw when it came out in theaters. Me too. And there was there was some part of it that you knew it was a movie. Like, but I had to like be like, okay, this is a movie because like the the credits has sound, so it has to be a movie. <laughs> it's like it has credit. Like the actors are in it. <laughs> like I had to like justify it to myself at the time because I was like younger and scared, and it was like more like nobody thought that this was real. Obviously, it's not like they're like, oh my god, that happened in New York, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> didn't we see it together? But did we see this together? I, bl- I think we saw Blair Witch together. I would I would believe it. I think we did, yeah. You, yeah. you were living here at the time. I think so. Yeah. Because um, I remember talking about the movie. Well, they hid those actors in Blair Witch. Not to go too off topic, but they hid those actors until the movie was like out and done. Yeah. There's, this, there's like a whole big thing about that like that I saw recently. I was like pretty impressed with it, not knowing how much work they put into that movie. But I mean, like found footage works because it does give you that feeling. Now, like obviously we saw this were a little bit older, so we knew none of this was real. And we live in New York, so we knew it didn't happen. But, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> but but like there is that the, the quality of video does like, you know, it, it ignites that feeling, you know, of it just being more realistic. It, it gets you more invested. And the autofocus, I thought, brought a lot of like tension. It's just like an, a little extra part of the reveal aspect. You yeah. Know, that was really well done. Yeah, like you're you're seeing something so fast. Sometimes in movies, you're like, "What the fuck did I just see?" Yeah. And to add that aspect to it, really kind of like you know, you are trying to focus your eyes. You don't know if it's you refocusing, kind of thing. And it really it it, it was very immersive in that way. Um, yeah. Definitely, it's good for a, that genre of movie. You know, to 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 decide to make that creative decision to not make it look professionally made but it's like a win-win because it feels more authentic to the found footage but it also is effective at the immersion i i feel like there's a lot of pluses with the found footage aspect of this particular movie but the one big uh negative part of it is how sick it made a lot of people including myself when i saw it because like it, it, yeah. it it's a lot to look at on a big screen yeah when it's constantly moving around because it's really yeah just, i saw I, this in theaters too it definitely yeah. uh, i had a headache Felt yeah. dizzy. It's easy to watch on TV. Uh, when I watched it recently, I was like, all right, you know, whatever. But I do remember being in the theater and like, this is a lot. Like, I don't know if I can fucking sit to do this. Like, they, they, I feel like it, it runs its its course really well. It's good pacing. It does. You know? Yeah. It, they show the monster enough. Like, you get you get that attack right in the beginning, and then like you're like, oh, am I gonna wait like another half hour before I see something? And you don't. Um, you do get to see it actually pretty quick. And there's obviously the very iconic part which was in the trailer like at some point when they had an actual trailer from the movie you know like some of the marketing was like other other bullshit but when the statue of liberty's head gets thrown across the street you know and that's obviously like their i think one of their big signature scenes yeah that was part of the marketing like i think it came out i was going to see like transformers or something like that it did yeah and 
Yeah, and I remember seeing that, and the movie didn't even have a title yet. Just a date. Um, yeah, just the date. And really, they didn't, like, you know how they send out, when they send out movies, they give them, like, fake titles so people don't try to steal them. And the Cloverfield was just one of those, like, fake titles because it was the name of the street that the production company was on or something like that. It yeah. had no meaning. And then even in you know the canon of the movie, it's just, like, a case designation by the Department of Defense a lot of people have come up with like, oh, it's because after a nuclear bomb, the first thing they grow back is clovers or like, <laughs> oh, his footprints look like clovers and it looked like a clover. I'm like, no, nah, man, like you can yeah. come up with ever, you know, like, but it's, it's just arbitrary. Like it's codenamed Blackhawk, you know, there's no, there's no bird. There's no bird of any color involved here. It's just a Blackhawk, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the simplest explanation is usually the one that, the, the truth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people people do try to build up around that that theory. But, yeah. Um, yeah, because whatever, like, the, the placard, you know, they're, like, using to, you know, take, you know, different takes and stuff like that. They'll write something on there that's not the movie. You know, like, um, the Batman that just came out. You know, they, they called it something else. Like, uh, Vengeance was written all over the placard like that. They didn't want to have that written all over anything. Oh, the Batman's being filmed, you know, cause everybody be all yeah. over it. So they put vengeance as that was the title of the movie in production. So like that's, yeah. yeah. So basically they just come up with a bullshit name that's somewhat related to it. And yeah, I believe it was just the name of uh, the street that the company was on. I've heard that too. And it, yeah. the, the title is just as ambiguous as the movie. Like we don't really know a lot of stuff. Like there's not a lot of things answered. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, there was a lot of the, um, what you had, briefly alluded to with the uh, myspace pages for the characters but there was there was even more than that you know because i remember getting into the uh the the viral marketing campaign for this movie how they had like the slush show website which i was gonna like, ask you about that because i remember that being a thing and one of the kids is wearing a slush show shirt I, I didn't really dive into that aspect of the marketing i don't remember it back then so what was that yeah there was about? like a mini game on the website and stuff like that like, there was nothing monster related it was just like that Rob was going to work for that company in Japan. Okay. And so that that's actually the company he works for, which is why Jason's wearing the Slusho shirt at the party. Yeah. But Slusho is like a J.J. Abrams made up icy kind of thing. You know, just like it's yeah, a drink. A drink, yeah. But yeah, their marketing uh, campaign is it's it's this the secret ingredient in Slusho is called Seabed's Nectar. And it's like harvested from the deepest coldest parts of the ocean and like they had like websites commercials and a contest as well like there's a whole bunch of stuff through their website so they really just to stir up the mystery like what the hell is this thing going to be and i specifically remember if you search cloverfield monster on google right now you'll see so many images that look nothing like the monster because for months leading up to it, everybody there were these like fake spoilers and like all of this stuff of what people think it thought it was gonna look like. Like you saw like Sin from like Final Fantasy X, everyone thought it was gonna look like that. There was like mm. all kinds of weird stuff. Altogether, they really went hard on this like we don't even know what the movie's gonna be called, but everyone's gonna know something's gonna happen. And uh yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, the movie definitely did not disappoint. Uh, I think everybody that saw it was a big fan of it. It was very different. It really worked because, like, it was just something that hadn't been done ever, and it was done as perfectly as it could be done. I don't think that this... I don't see this this movie lacking anything. I don't, like, feel like it's missing something, like, that... 
Well, that just I'm just saying the same thing twice, aren't I? But um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I, think I don't feel like it's lacking anything, nor do I feel like it lacks anything. <laughs> <laughs> and case closed. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just rambling. Yeah, but the, the truth of the matter is, I don't see any flaws in the movie, honestly. Um, for for what it is, for the um the medium they were using. For the story, I think it's fucking perfect. I felt that way when I saw it, man. I was a huge fan of this movie, and kind of wondering if, where where were they going to go next? If they were going to go anywhere next, I didn't need another one, but I felt like it was so big, and uh, it became like instantly classic, you know, instantly iconic. Yeah. That like something else was going to be done with it, and and you know, down the road we we got something. Um, but we can talk about that towards the end. Uh, yeah, up? yeah. What do you do? You call the the creature anything? I know people call it clover, just to refer refer to it as something. Have you heard it called clover, the monster? No, I never heard it called clover. Um, yeah, that's what that's what generally people call it is clover. Um, I've but, heard people call it. I, I thought people did call it slusho. I don't know. Am I crazy? Well, we could call it Fred. I don't care. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, just, I thought that, <laughs> that, that. I'm not asking you for. I've permission. never heard it called slusho, but no? that's actually funnier. Yeah, I thought people called it. But, that. I, I did like that the first time I saw it, which was in theaters as well. Um, I, you have a few good looks at it, but like I couldn't recreate it in my mind, you know, because I was like, but it had like those extra arms there, but like sometimes you couldn't see them. I, I like that aspect of it because it's a confusing creature design. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get a, a good uh, feel for what it, it's all about. You only really get like that one really really good shot of his like face, I guess, like at the end. Uh, and there's a couple shots of it walking around the city. Um, I think like the the what bridge was it on? Like the Man, the, the Manhattan? No, not Bro- the. Uh, it was the Brooklyn Bridge that got that gets taken down. Right. Um, yeah. You see, you know you, you get a good shot of it there. You know, like there's a couple like good shots here and there, but uh, seeing its actual face, it's like really not until the end, and it's pretty pretty horrifying. Honestly, like the the best look I got of it was of like a statue that like came out, and I like, I, like really. Yeah, didn't... I eventually ended up having yeah. to like Google it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt the same way. I didn't. Like, you know, I, 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 we saw, like, the new Godzilla movie, right? Like, the the one that came out, um, and then, like, the King of the Monsters sequel. And those those monsters are, like, heavily focused on and shown multiple times. You don't get anything like that, obviously, with this. Because, it's you know, it's a found footage movie. Um, yeah. And that's part of the mystery of it, too. They don't, like, I mean, they could have, like, had a camera just focused on him from a window, you know? Um, and it would have been like, oh, shit, you know? But every time they show him from a distance, it's quick. You know, or from an angle that, that you don't get to see enough of it. Um, so, like, how it actually, like, walks, you know, like... Yeah, you're kind of, like, piecing together from different perspectives. Because, like, there's that, that great shot when they, they're just, like, casually talking. And all of a sudden, they kind of walk into the middle of an attack on it by the military right before they go into the subway. And that's, like, the first time you really get a look at it. I thought that scene was just so intense in the theaters. I was like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Um, It's a very cool look at the monster. And then uh, later on, like when they're bombing it or they're seeing it from higher up, like you see it from a different perspective. So you're kind of just trying to piece these images together to form this kind of 3D model in your head. Yeah, they really make you like work creatively when you're watching this movie, like to focus on things, to look in the background, to like really try to decide what this monster looks like. From all the small parts you get of it, uh, and even then, like I still never had a complete picture in my head until like yeah, like you said, I looked I looked it up afterwards, 
And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, I get that, you know. But there was like little details about this monster I did not see at all when I was watching the movie, you know, like the little arms underneath it and stuff like that. I think it's really cool looking. After the first attack where he kind of takes down the building after throwing the Statue of Liberty and all the buildings kind of come down. And I think he walks through the street. They don't see anything. And they walk out and everyone's covered in dust. It was very like a callback or very feeling of 9-11. Yeah. And uh, I think that, that was a big part of it was, you know, what bred Godzilla was like this post-nuclear attack kind of society, the sphere of nuclear energy bred this, you know, this idea, gave birth to this giant monster. I think it was that kind of, they were like, well, let's take the trauma of 9-11 and, and create a monster that give that same type of vibe in New York. Right. I think and is one, yeah. one of the greatest like tragedies that, you know, of our time. Yeah. To, to feed off of that trauma. Yeah. You know, that was still fresh in the mind. No, I mean, that's a great is, point. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent point. I never, I never thought about the correlation, but yeah, that, that's actually pretty, pretty great. And he actually attacks the city from the South, like, heading northward towards central park so it's kind of like he's he's going in near around ground zero a, f- a few blocks over but yeah well it um, comes out of the water obviously um yeah for it to travel that way and i just thought it was funny it was like i i, I kind of heard it like the uh the story of buddy the elf he's like i went through the twirly whirly gumdrops and then i killed the statue of liberty and then i went through the lincoln tunnel <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's no children's <laughs> book though. <laughs> well, they should be. <laughs> One of the things they do to kind of you know bring this down uh, on a level where characters can actually interact with this thing because it's a giant monster walking around that we already talked about it not being shown that much. So that could kind of take you away from the action. You know, you can only have characters running from something that's so big for so long, and they they add an aspect which I thought was fucking brilliant, honestly. Uh, which were like, I, I almost like I don't know what you would call it. I don't know if they had a name, but I always just figured it was like the lice from this creature, you know, some yeah. like some kind of parasite. Like little parasites, of yeah, yeah. But they were like little versions of the monster uh, that were all over the place, and they attack our main characters at, at a certain point and add a whole new aspect to this uh, monster, you know, another facet of it. Um, so there's those, and they and they look really cool. We get to see something up close and a little bit more like person to person action, and I thought that was a great aspect of it. It was a huge shock to me when that happened. Because they're in the tunnel, right? And they put the night vision on, and they see them all crawling towards them. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they had shown it, like, a little bit earlier that it was he was, like, shaking them off. And they were, like, attacking people on the street yeah. when they're in the, like, the electronics store. But, yeah, I thought that was great because they had to, they were like, what, what are we going to do if they go underground to kind of force them back up? And a great plot device, but also a very cool creature. I don't know about the sound effect that they used for the creature because it was like it, it kind of took me out of it even the first time I saw it. it they're like, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> <laughs> did you like that? They're very generic and strange. Yeah, they sound so funny. <laughs> but yeah, it was a little bit funny sounding. But the 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 creatures themselves very like on theme with like being they almost look like these kind of crustacean crab kind of like giant pincer lice you know yeah they, they yeah exactly they're like like mites or whatever i thought that was a great idea uh, like like godzilla movies kind of use that too um not to the same effect but they had like things that like like kind of lice or mites that would fall off of them um and some of the ones in the 80s and stuff and i thought that was great but they went a step further and made them like attacking creatures which was really cool yeah yeah um 
let's just talk about a couple of scenes that that you know uh moments i guess you could say that really kind of stuck with us because there's a few like just you know as these kids are walking through the city like showing uh in the aftermath mm-hmm. of all this stuff that's happening because like in its wake it you know destroys buildings and landmarks and stuff like that but there's a couple like great just scenes of what it's like to be there yeah it kind of has like haunting um like you know it, it sort of resonates in a haunting way like what's what's some that like stick out for you like each year when we lived up there we used to go to this uh christmas village and outside columbus circle and it's like they set up all these little like shops and stuff and get hot chocolate and whatnot and right over there where they're uh going to see beth they had just like one of those central park carriages with the horse and it's yeah. just like empty and the horse is yeah, just yeah. like <laughs> quietly walking through the sh- oh my god even now i mean it's like the hair in my arm stand up it was like yeah. it's if, not running it's just walking it doesn't know what like it's it's just such a eerie shot you know and there's no words they're not like hey what happened here you know like nothing stupid added onto it such a well executed scene and whoever thought of that was just like what if we had this and i was like oh man that's so awesome yeah you don't really see a lot of other people on the street like once you're into the movie they're just kind of alone which makes it like really haunting and yeah it's just a, the emptiness of New York, yeah, yeah, where everyone's getting out and they're the only idiots going back in. You I, know, when you look at the claustrophobia of when yeah. they're getting out on the Brooklyn Bridge, how it's like they're all just shuffling along on top of each other. You know, it's I think one of the eerier things about it uh, comes from living here or having lived here, or, you know, visiting here enough. It's like seeing New York empty is very unsettling. <laughs> it's a very yeah, unsettling like New film. York during COVID. Like, yeah, it's, it's very like that's the only time. Like, even when you when I saw it in real life, empty. It was just like like Times Square empty during COVID was like this is haunting. You know? Yeah, yeah, man, it, it, it's something. So to see a lot of shots like that where no one's in the street and there's just like dust and stuff, it is very haunting. It also it does like you said it harkens back to nine eleven quite a bit. Um, one yeah. of the shots that always like kind of stilled me a little bit was when they go actually very close to the scene that you talked about or it might be right after it it was when they go to to beth's house to, to you know her apartment to get her out and when they actually yeah. finally walk up to it it's just the building is leaning on the other building and it's just like yeah. oh man you know like they they go into it obviously and there's you know there's a lot of tension there and you just hear the sounds of what it would be like if that building was like on its way to just falling over you know like the yeah. the, the screaming of like metal and beams and like just because at any moment that thing could just like full boom done. Yeah, you know what I mean. But even that, just that image of the one building leaning on the other was like burned in my memory. Yeah, you know because I'm like all in the background, the skyline so many times. Yeah, and yeah. just but just to see it, I was just I I know exactly where that is. And when I see it in real life now, when I look up there, I'm like, that's wild. You know, like yeah, yeah. The 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 handheld camera element just adds to that 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 horror aspect so much. Now, speaking of which, like you said, they they tape over a tape of like a, a date, you know, uh, the main character and his girlfriend. So like, there's a lot of parts where like they're turning it off and turning it back on again, and then real quick in between that, like you would with a VHS tape, you get a little bit of a shot of what was re- recorded underneath it. Um, which pe- some people just won't understand that anymore, you know, like they'll they'll watch the movie yeah. and not understand what's going on. That's the thing that happened with Analog. So. It's like this date where they go to Coney Island, and um, it is also kind of the ending shot, because when the tape is over in our story, we get the end of their date, or the end of whatever they record at their date, which is they're on a, I guess like a Ferris wheel or something in Coney Island. Yeah. 
I love those parts. It's, it's it's a lot of the heart of the movie, you know. Um, is like that date because again, like I said before, like you could, it's so relatable. You could see yourself in that day, you know. I think, yeah, we've I think all what had they had like the, the actors do is actually go out and have that day, and they were like six hours of recorded footage, and I think they include like thirty six seconds. But they actually had them like on the train for. Oh, I could see like, that. It was like, you know there's a lot of work in that movie, you know, like there's a lot of work put behind that movie and like, yeah, yeah, it, it shows because like that feels very genuine, you know, like, yeah, for even sure. if they weren't like together together, which is kind of the point, like they weren't really like, you know, they were just having like a, like a day together. You know, it wasn't like, oh, these people have known each other for 10 years. And I could tell. No, they were just like a young couple hanging out in New York and like having a really good time and like into each other. I, we've all been there, you know, so um, yeah. even, if it wasn't, even if it's not in the city, you know what that feels like most likely. I hope you do. And yeah. um if you don't put, I hope turn you this, found love in your life. At yeah, this if you, if, Jesus Christ, if you didn't turn this off, go, go find a, go find a. <laughs> Stop listening to this. Get on whatever the things are called now. Bumble, Google, I don't know. <laughs> submit your, submit your dating tape. Hurry. <laughs> submit your, your dating VHS. Lowered expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice every time it flashes back and forth between those, there's like a glimpse of a like a famous monster from monster movies? No, what are you talking about? Yeah, like every time like there's a and it goes back to the old tape and then back to the to the present timeline, um, there's like a frame where it shows like a monster from like an old school monster. I movie. had no like, idea. Is it is it so quick you wouldn't really pick up on it, or you have to really pay attention? I saw it once, and so I looked into it, and it does it every time. Apparently, like the last one is King Kong, but then like the other ones are like it might have been the giant crab, but I don't, uh, there's like a few of them. Like I was just like, oh, that's that's a fun little Easter egg, you know? No but, idea. Yeah, no, I had no clue. I like that though. I'm gonna check that out next time I watch it. So we we talked about this before you and I, and a lot of people have talked about it before who were into the movie and kind of you know followed up on its lore or whatever. Um, like we were both super into it when it came out, and so there's that scene at the end uh, that we talked about where they're on, in Coney Island, they're on a Ferris wheel, I believe it is, and you know he's looking out at the the water in Brooklyn, and it's really hard to see honestly, um, just because of the quality of the video, but. Yeah, I didn't see it the first. I didn't notice it in theaters. No, me either. And that's the biggest screen there is. I still have a hard time seeing it. I saw. I had complete, complete honesty. Like I have to see it in, a, in like a YouTube clip that's slowed down because I, n- I never pick up on it in the movie. And mm. it's a it's a shot of something fl- uh, flying across uh, the sky and hitting the water, like in the background, like real quick. And so there's a lot of theories on what that is, right? So I think the the most popular theory and probably the correct one uh, is. It's satellite that hit the that hit the uh, water because they talk about that in the news. Is that right? Am I wrong? Yeah. So basically, it, it it is supposed to be. I thought it was like when I had seen it when I had first seen it. It was after I bought the movie and I watched it on a like DVD or whatever. This is pre Blu-ray, and I noticed it and I started looking up and stuff. But I thought I was like, oh my god, is this the arrival of the creature? Apparently, this is a satellite by the company Slusho that, or, or some, there's like a whole bigger thing going on with the Japanese government. Like it's a satellite, but as far as like what it means and, and what it did, it didn't wake up the thing. I don't know why they have it to be perfectly honest with you. It's, it's just a, a very strange thing that they have in the movie. I thought it was like, just simply like the monster falling to earth. That That's just kind of what I took it as like, Oh, okay. Well he fell to earth and he attacked it. They date that 
date by saying like, oh, you haven't called me in X amount of times. I forget what it was. I think it was like a month or something like that. So I, yeah. just, I just feel like, yeah, it hit the, hit the water. Like that was obviously pretty far out, you know, and uh, it woke up and swam to shore. So like, that's what I thought it was. Um, yeah. Again, just the simplest explanation just makes the most sense to me. Now, it's important to note that, you know, uh, there were sequels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, the sequels do explain stuff, I guess. And uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I don't know. Well, there's, just... there's a prequel to this, yeah. um, which is the show Lost. <laughs> well, and i'm not even joking like there's so many like connections yeah. you know is like the logo at the beginning is like the dharma initiative yeah. and um you know just like is this monster some kind of like evolution of the smoke monster like there's all kinds of like you know jj abram universisms but the idea is that i think that his stuff just supposedly happens and his in the same universe, but isn't really connected. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's just like he has the same, like you know, uh, sort of way of making things, and everything has a similar feel to it. He uses similar logos because it's like he just created it. It's almost like a trademark that you know we're branding for him. I don't think it's supposed yeah. to mean it actually. I don't think it's supposed to mean it actually connects. I just think it's like, oh yeah, in my universe, this is a drink that we always have, and this is the logo that I use a lot because I like the way it looks. I don't. I never really took it that seriously. Um, yeah. Obviously, there are sequels to the movie that are supposed to tie in, but they are pretty loose sequels. I don't want to get into each of these too much because, you know, we might talk about that on the show at some point. Um, so we yeah. can just say it for another time. But there's 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was the movie that came mm-hmm. out after this uh, quite quite a while later. And then there was the Cloverfield Paradox, which was, in, in terms of marketing, it was one of those things that was quite shocking in a different way they utilize streaming platforms to sort of do like their shock marketing and what it was is a commercial for this movie during the super bowl and then saying it's going to be on netflix after the super bowl like nobody had any idea this was even coming out and then we got our third cloverfield movie like day of trailer right on netflix and you know people were kind of like whatever about cloverfield at this point so it wasn't talked about too much I think a lot of people just like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Like, just whatever about it, saw it, thought it was okay, like I did, and just never talked about it again because it was just a whatever movie. But um, 10 Cloverfield Lane was actually, I thought I thought it was a pretty good movie. I know that they had talked about making a sequel to Cloverfield um, because on the bridge, on the Brooklyn Bridge scene before the tale crushes the bridge, um, you see another group of people that are recording, and they were like, we could just tell like their story from their perspective, you know, for more of the same thing and maybe like expand the story a little bit more, things like that. Um, it never really came to light. I know that they're talking about doing an actual Cloverfield sequel, like to this story at some point in the next year or two, like it's still kicking around about this monster. And even, even the Cloverfield paradox apparently was like a different movie that they like kind of retrofit and like yeah. change words. Oh, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's loosely tied into of, it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like, but why kind of moments like yeah. that, you know, and like I said, we'll, we'll talk. I, I think that we should definitely revisit talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane because I, I think the best thing about calling it that was people went to see it because of that name thinking you know and it's it's a great movie in and of itself for its own reasons the movie like yeah i mean not getting into it too much but like what the movie is about is what it does to the audience too yeah exactly yeah it keeps you hostage and makes you like 
guess, is this really happening? And then, like, that's how you feel about the movie itself. Is this actually Cloverfield? You know, and, yeah. and, and like, your answers are given to you at the end uh, for the characters and yourself. So, yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I do enjoy the movie quite a bit. I would like to talk about that one. Cloverfield Paradox is whatever. I mean, that, that, that could be something to talk about just because it's just such a failure, I feel like, in, in, in sort of ways. And it shouldn't have been. But, um, yeah. I very forgettable. I couldn't even tell you what it was about at this point. Yeah, very throwaway movie. Um, and then this really random shot at the end where they have a. I mean, this is no one's nobody cares about Cloverfield Paradox. They do show like an adult version of like because the monster in Cloverfield is supposed to be like a baby that got connected from its its mother kind of thing. It's yeah. like it's just lashing out. I don't know if you've heard this, but no. this is how it's been explained by like the monster designers in this activity. It's not like a monster that's attacking. It's just like an infant of its, I don't know, race or whatever you want to call it. Like it's monster type. Um, you know, it, it supposedly did come from the bottom of the ocean, whether it's like it always been down there and they were mining the slush stuff, the nectar, and they woke it up. Or if it's something kind of like a Pacific Rim kind of like portal at the bottom. Yeah. You, you know. We we don't know, but like it, the canon is that it came from the bottom of the ocean somehow. Right. Um, all of this being said, at the end of Cloverfield Paradox, you see like an adult one come up through the clouds, and that's like, okay, sure. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Real, real like thrown in there. It's like the movie Superbad, and then at the end of Superbad, there is the Cloverfield monster. You're like, oh shit, this was a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> 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 you just like throw that into like a bunch of movies and like, oh wow! I was like, did you know that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was also tied to Cloverfield? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about this movie. It's just like, um, you know, we, we've probably talked more about it than I ever have because it's just fun to experience. You know, I would yeah. strongly recommend checking it out because, if, especially if you haven't seen it, but it, it's worth watching again because. Movie has a great pacing to it. Um, there's not like any flaws, like meh, you know, like the, it's it's not even worth mentioning. Um, there's some funny jokes. It's it's an it's an entertaining experience, especially hey, it's summer. It's it's a good summer movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's you, man. That's a, I love having you on here so much. You, you did my job for me. I, I don't have to close this out anymore. You you said it perfectly. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is that it's a, it's playing on HBO Max, so it's easy to see if you have that app. And um, I agree wholeheartedly. You should definitely check this out. It's one of those things that um, has a great re- rewatch value because there's so yeah. many little things in the movie that uh, little things to look out in the background for. Um, and, you know, trying to get glimpses of this creature is always a lot of fun, too. So, uh, yeah, check that one out. And, um, Matt, always a pleasure. I'm glad to have you on again. Thanks for having me. Always, always a good time. Yeah, man. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Check us out on the SoMeds, and uh, you'll hear about those in a minute. And uh, make sure you keep listening to uh, the rest of this uh, summer's theme. Uh, we've been enjoying it quite a bit. hope you are. Uh, if you're not, I'm very sorry. Maybe we'll do something differently next summer, but who knows. Uh, I like it, so maybe I get to decide what happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, having a temper change, I'm like the monster. <laughs> uh, boy. Um, yeah, so uh, with that said, uh, thank you guys for listening and fucking good night. Good night. Next week on Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And like they, and that's how they got their movie. And now it's like, oh, now he had these powers of electricity. They kind of just like left it in there. That's like, that's what I assumed happened i don't i never read that anywhere 
I don't know if anyone's confirmed it. If they have, I guess let us know. Uh, I'm sure people. Love yeah, to, I haven't seen anything about that, but that does make a lot of sense to me. People love to prove people wrong watch. on the internet, <laughs> so please, that's, that's, you know, jump on that. But yeah, I think, let us know. Right, I, I I just made that assumption. I think that makes the most amount of sense. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And if you want to follow Justin, all you that's need to me. do... Oh, you're still on the phone? Uh, I very rarely ever hang up. Tell the people where they could follow you, Justin. Well, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me as Justin Tong. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me jtong81 and if you want to follow me on slasher the horror-based social media site you can find me at sexy vampire teeth pod and if you want to follow me on social media you can't i'm off the stuff so if you guys want updates on the show please follow us on our social media sites and make sure to tune in every monday night for a new episode thanks for listening guys and good night so long everybody you've been listening to the sexy vampire teeth podcast 